It's time for Crack the Customer Code, the ultimate podcast to help you unlock the secrets to understanding and connecting with your customers. Now, it's time for your hosts, the wonder twins of customer experience, Adam Toporek and Jeannie Walters. Hello, Jeannie's name is awesome. <laughs> and she wants you to know that. My name is awesome? Yes, of course your name yes. is awesome. Except You're- for like the whole misspelling thing that a lot of people do, but whatever. Yeah, but no, <laughs> but you want your name. No, I meant your name is awesome as in, oh, it's my not name Jeannie. is awesome. Yes. yes. Your, my name is, it's not that it is awesome. <laughs> it is that it is awesome. Wow. We're already deep down the rabbit hole, Jeannie. I'm telling you, <laughs> not off to a good start. We got to recover because well, we got a great guest today. Yeah, we do. We do. And this is something that I think we don't talk about enough, but it's, it's so important. And if anybody who's listening has been through a branding exercise where you are trying to come up with a name for a product, a service, a brand, whatever. And you're still sane. And you're still sane. After yeah. doing and it. <laughs> you really need to listen to this because it really made me think differently about how we name things and why it's so important and how it's part of the customer experience, frankly. Yeah, um, our guest today, she has a, just amazing insight, a wealth of experience in this Um you know, field has named some, helped some big companies with names and all that. So it's a, it's a good conversation. We really dug into it. So Jeannie, why don't we hear all about Alexandra? My pleasure. Alexandra Watkins is the author of Hello, My Name is Awesome and Chief Executive Boss Lady of Eat My Words, a branding firm specializing in names that make people smile instead of scratch their heads. For more than a decade, she and her firm have created Love at First Sight brand names for clients including Amazon, Google, Frito-Lay, and Disney. Prior to Eat My Words, Alexandra was an advertising copywriter, working at leading ad agencies up and down the West Coast, including five years at Ogilvy & Mather, where she helped launch Microsoft Windows. Alexandra, we're so happy you're here with us today. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Jeannie and Adam. I'm so pleased to be here. Uh, so happy to have you. And you know, as I mentioned to you offline, it was exciting that we connected because I actually had your book prior to even us ha- setting this up. So this was really interesting for me. I've read your book and you truly are an expert in brand names. And when, you know, when we talk about customer experience, we don't often talk about the name and how that may relate. So tell us a little bit about why brand name is such a critical part of you know customer service and the customer experience. Well, think about the customer experience this way. The name is the first thing customers come in contact with. Whether they see it on a sign on your door, whether it's on your website, maybe you're even at a trade show and mm-hmm. they're walking by your booth. They see your name before anything else. So that's why it's so important. And your name needs to be like a welcome mat. You want it to be friendly and approachable because you want people to have that experience of feeling welcomed, not turned off or confused Mm -hmm. or like, oh, I don't know how to pronounce that. So that's (laughs) why your name is so important. It's a huge part of that experience. So you know, one of the things I I like that you say is you talk about sticky names. Now, please don't tell me how good my name is. I just have a website called Customers That Stick. So I already <laughs> like the concept. I want to hear if it's any good because I'll probably cry. But uh, so that's that's cool that you have like uh, you know that idea of stickiness, right? 
What does that mean? What When you say stickiness, what does that mean? Sticky means that people can remember your name when they come in contact with it because we're so bombarded with images and words and all the social media and our phones that when we try to recall something later from our brain's dusty filing cabinet, it helps <laughs> if you have a sticky name. So that's what I mean by sticky. And Adam, I don't know if you were influenced by the word stick as I was from Made to Stick by the Heath Brothers. It's mm. my favorite business book ever. But that's where I kind of latched onto this idea of, yeah, your name should be really sticky too. Yeah, I love the Heath Brothers. I can't remember if I if that really influenced me or even the timing. I might have come, but yeah, I do love that book. And it's a great I love the Heath Brothers. So so Alexandra with these sticky names that are so important and so critical. And as you were saying, like the welcome mat, um, you're an expert, you're doing this all the time. What can we learn about how to do this? And is this something we can learn? Or do you just like have a crystal ball and you look at and you say, <laughs> this is the name that's going to work? What are some of the ways that we can do this? Well, first of all, I do want to tell you anyone can learn how to do this. And my favorite example is a woman that I met here where I live in San Diego, and she was a math tutor. And I gave her my book. And not only did she learn how to do it, she now works for me and is my executive <laughs> chef. And her name is Janice, and she's a total rock star. And she honestly is a better namer than me sometimes. So the last couple names that our clients have picked have been names that she's come up with. So I guarantee you anybody can learn how to do this. Even, you know, even a junior actuary, as I like to say. So yeah, it can be taught. And there's a framework for learning how it's in my book. It's called the smile and scratch test. And it's a 12 point name evaluation filter for understanding if a name is if it makes you smile that's an acronym for the five qualities that make a name awesome and if it makes you scratch your head you need to scratch it off the list those are the seven deal breakers wow so can you tell us about smile what sure. is the acronym sure so the acronym for SMILE, which, by the way, was influenced by the Heath brothers. I saw Chip Heath at the ungodly hour at 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning <laughs> at a National Speakers Association convention, and I wrote it down on a cocktail napkin because I do have a philosophy that a name should make you smile instead of scratch your head, and that goes back to the customer experience, right? People want to feel welcomed, not not confused. It's like, by the way, I just want to give this example to help people really get it. Have you ever been in a French restaurant and wanted to order something, but you can't pronounce it and you don't want to embarrass yourself in front of whoever you're with or in front of the waiter? So you just either don't order it or you point to it. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> I've done that in foreign countries too. Oh, I've there you totally go. Done that. There you yeah. go. So you do, so think of your name that way too. You don't want people to be like, oh, I don't know. So let me tell you about Smile. So Smile is the acronym for the five qualities that make a name great. The S stands for suggestive. You want your name to suggest something about your brand. And a great example of this is. Amazon. Amazon suggests that the company is huge. And think about if Jeff Bezos had named Amazon Book Barn, mm. right? Sure, that right. would have suggested they sell books, but 
when when was the last time you bought a book? I don't want to say when was the last time I buy books all the time, but how many, you know, of all the things that they sell, very few are books. So think about that. The name suggests something big. Another uh, suggestive name is Under Armour or uh, these, you know, hair extensions named Hollywood hair. That <laughs> suggests something really powerful, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have beautiful, sexy hair. The M in smile stands for memorable, and everyone needs a name that's memorable. A good way to think about memorable is it's rooted in the familiar. Think of the name Leapfrog, the childhood educational, the children's educational toy company. Mm -hmm. When you hear the word Leapfrog, you can remember it because it's associated with a game you played as a kid, or maybe even your kids play. Mm -hmm. So that's a name that really sticks, right? It, it, locked into our memory much more easily than something unfamiliar. The I in smile stands for imagery. You want your name to conjure up an image when people hear it or see it. Why? Because just like a name like Leapfrog aids in memory because it's familiar, if you can picture something in your head, it's going to help you pull it out of that dusty filing cabinet later. Uh, Think of the name Timberland, right? Or Kryptonite. Those are names that have really good imagery, right? You hear Kryptonite, the bike lock, and you think of the Kryptonite repelling Superman. So you know when you're buying, looking at bike locks later, like, oh, what was that one? Oh, Kryptonite, right? So think of names like that. Does it conjure up a visual imagery? People remember images and pictures much more easily than they remember words or letters. The L in smile stands for legs, and legs means your name lends itself to a theme. Jimmy Buffett, who we all know, <laughs> has a has this fantastic new concept. It is 55 plus retirement communities. They are named Latitude Margaritaville, and boy, does this name have legs. The street names are really fun. They're all based on that laid back Jimmy Buffett lifestyle. Street names are, you know, Tiki Terrace, <laughs> Flip Flop Court, you know, Lost Shaker Way, Land Shark Boulevard. The pet store is na- or the pet spa spa is named <laughs> Bark the Barkeritaville Spa. And my favorite, the business center, like business center, so boring, right? Like snooze, you know, yeah. coconut telegraph, like, hey, I'll, <laughs> hey, I'm going down to the coconut telegraph, right? You're laughing, you're smiling. So that name has legs, you're extending your brand and anyone can do this. Think of, um, we named a PR firm, Fire Talker PR. Lynette Hoy is a fiery publicist. Her tagline is hot on the press, right? You're getting Mm -hmm. the legs there. She calls herself the fire chief and she works in the firehouse. Mm. Anyone can do this with a name with legs. Just what what theme does your name lend itself to? And finally... The E in smile stands for emotional. You want your name to make an emotional connection. And you've you've been laughing, you've been smiling. Those are that's what I mean by smile. Your name needs to people want to get it. They want to feel good. It doesn't have to make them laugh. People want to feel clued in, not clueless. Mm-hmm. So an emotional connection is the name like we and here's another thing your customers for the customer experience. 
we worked with uh, the Hotel Vitali in San Francisco. They were really trying to push their wedding services and they wanted, they're a hip hotel, but their wedding services had really boring names. So we transformed them just by adding personality that made emotional connections with, with brides or brides and grooms going through this menu, a binder of services. So suddenly the, the rehearsal dinner became meet the parents, the <laughs> post reception bar rental, you know, that became last call for alcohol, nice. the um, co-ed bridal shower. That's a thing now, you know, became shower together. And even, <laughs> even, even the group rate, you know, when you go to a hotel and you're going to, you know, a conference or a reunion and they say, ask for the group rate, we renamed their group rate. It's now called the entourage rate. <laughs> so you see how those names make much more of an emotional connection. Mm-hmm. And normally you cannot quantify if a name increases sales, you just can't because usually when there's like a name change, there's also, you know, a new logo and social media push and PR and advertising. But the one time you can do it is on a menu or in a service guide. So like on a menu, you could change chicken soup to grandma's chicken soup. And you would definitely see an uptick because grandma's chicken soup makes that emotional connection with the Hotel Vitali just by changing the names of five services in their wedding service menu in a binder, their sales went up by 25%. Wow. Cool. That is cool. Oh, wow. So I've got a couple of questions for you, actually. You're, you're, uh, it's so neat. So one of the, and they're sort of unrelated. So I'll start with the first one. I was l- thinking about your smile uh, framework, right? I, and I, I literally just gave a keynote yesterday where I was talking about jargon. And it seems like it's that same concept. Like you, you want people to not be disconnected from the language and the verbiage, right? You, you, not only just getting the emotional connection, but just that ability not to feel separate from it. Uh, what do you think all these, there's all these like weird tech names and then pharmaceutical names. I, I was thinking of one that went out of business. I don't even know. Maybe it was in your book. It's been a while. Z- Zobni. Do you remember uh, them? <laughs> do I remember them? Oh, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Like okay. that's what stuff okay, you're okay, talking let me about. Let just tell you about Zobni. Um, and for your listeners, that's X-O-B-N-I. Mm-hmm. Zobni right. won. All right. My company, Eat My Words, I uh, used to have when, when I'm nicer now, we used to have <laughs> Hall of Shame. <laughs> yeah. Name, name, fame, Hall of Shame. Um, we used to send a trophy. We had a head scratcher of the year contest. <laughs> and Zobby won the first year. I sent them a trophy. Oh my goodness. Of the year, and I never got a thank you. <laughs> they were probably too busy closing. Uh, yeah, they did. They did. They did uh, shut down eventually. Zobni and uh, is inbox spelled backwards, backwards right? Yeah. right? Yeah. How would you know that? That is part of yeah the disconnection, the frustration, and that gets into scratch, right? And that is scratch is the acronym for when to scratch it off the list. And I'll just quickly tell everybody that what it stands for. S stands for spelling challenge. If your name looks like a typo, scratch it off the list. The first C stands for copycat. You don't want a name that sounds like everybody else's. 
the A stands for annoying. Zobni is a completely annoying name. <laughs> T stands for tame. You don't want a name that's tame because you need to stand out in a sea of sameness. The next C stands for curse of knowledge. Adam, that's kind of kind of what you were just referring to, where the Zobni is perfect, right? Zobni kind of hits all of these. Uh, in, insiders know what Zobni means, but nobody else does. It's that bad. It hits everything. It does. It does. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Um, and then H, harder to pronounce. And yeah, the, just like you said, Zobni. Um, and actually, it was originally pronounced Zobni. And Bill Gates pronounced it Zobni. So they changed the pronunciation to Zobni. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that's the power of Bill Gates. I was going to say, whatever he said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so let, I know, right? So let me just give your listeners a really big tip here. Your name, people should be able to spell, pronounce, and understand your name. Again, don't, don't, they want to feel clued in, not clueless, and they do not want to feel frustrated. Think of frustration-free packaging. Mm-hmm. Think of your name the same way. You want your name to be frustration-free. And all of these crazy dot-com spellings, don't do it. There's You will drive your customers crazy. Proofreaders hate it. <laughs> and look, your name... It, when when you have to explain your name, spell your name, tell people how to pronounce it, you are apologizing for it. Mm. When you apologize for your name, you devalue your brand. How to get around those dot the dot com domain name pain pain? Just add a modifier. For years, Tesla, 13 years, Tesla was teslamotors.com. Facebook until 2005 was the Facebook. We have SquareUp, SlideShare.net, Dropbox was Get Dropbox. They had millions of users and they were Get Dropbox. Basecamp, same, same. They were Basecamp HQ. If you have a great name, do not worry about if you can't get an exact match domain name. Guess what? The internet ran out. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody expects you to have one. Just add another word. There's a great tool. It's called namestudio.com. Put in the word name that you like. It will suggest real real word modifiers, prefixes, suffixes, and even new name ideas. And I use it all the time. Uh, to help our clients, and that is a, a great place to go. And one more tip on the domain name thing, be creative. There's a company called Greenberg Smoke Turkey Inc. <laughs> Not a particularly interesting name or memorable name, and Greenberg could be hard to spell. Is it E-R-G or U-R-G? Their domain name is brilliant, Gobble Gobble. Dot com. <laughs> <laughs> That's, awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. So some of some of the rules that you talked about, there are some successful companies out there with names like that. So are there things that even though they have bad names, you think these successful companies, because one of the things when we were talking about the backward spelling, um, is it, see, I'm going to screw up the name now. <laughs> How appropriate is that? But <laughs> you say that, yes. Erewhon, which is nowhere backwards, is the outdoor retailer. Um, they have a they have a pretty loyal following of customers. So I'm just curious, like, do you think the name, even for successful companies, do you think they could be even more successful if they had a better name? In your opinion, here's what I think. 
look, we know the name. I didn't, and by the way, I didn't know that about Erewhon. I had no idea. The company is like eBay, right? Not mm-hmm. a particularly good name. If you have a, you have an awesome product, awesome service, you're a great brand, you're going to win customers regardless of what your name is. eBay could be called anything. It's, it's great. They, they did it right. Now, here's what I will tell people. When you are starting out with a blank slate, you are looking at that piece of paper and you don't have a name written down yet, don't give yourself any disadvantages. Don't give your name, don't give yourself a name that's hard for people to spell, hard to pronounce, they don't know what it means. Don't do that. Just start with start with something that's easy for people. And I will tell you, here's an example. There's a, I don't think they're around anymore, an energy drink, and it was named Inviga. And when I say Inviga, it sounds like it's spelled with an I, like invigorate, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it's not. It's spelled with an E. Uh, we named an energy drink, an all-natural energy drink for women, Bloom, because it, it was uh, for women. It helped them bloom in the afternoon. Bloom is visually evocative. You hear it. You picture something in your head, easy to spell, pronounce, all of that stuff going for it. But Invega, first of all, it doesn't sound like something you want to put in your mouth. It sounds like <laughs> a chemical. Um, so... Don't give yourself any disadvantages. People get so locked into being, oh, this is clever. Look, here's something to remember too. Just because it's clever doesn't mean it's a good idea, spelling it backwards. That doesn't mean it's a good idea. Look, you can go to a job interview wearing a a purple sock and a green sock. Yeah, that's creative. Is it a good idea? Mm, Probably not. (laughs) It's a good example. So I have, yeah, this has been amazing. I love all this stuff. I, I do have one final question that I want to ask. Because we were talking about a lot of B2C. So you know, you're you're giving that example of all the stuff with the wedding and last call for alcohol. What do you do in a B2B context if you're selling like, you know, $100,000, uh, you know, ERP systems and all these types of things? Uh, when you have to be taken seriously, how do you, do you sort of thread the needle? Do you still want these catchy names for your products? Well, that's a good question. Look, I'll tell you, Eat My Words, my firm, has a catch, very catchy name. Uh, we work with huge clients, Microsoft, Google, Coca-Cola, Frito-Lay, all kinds of big brands. Um, our name, and we are we are not cheap, I'll just say, we we attract those companies because we're, we're a creative company. They want to work with a company with a creative name. That makes sense. We, uh, but... You know, a law firm, for instance, that's, you know, very serious. Uh, We worked with a law firm. uh, The woman who runs it, Layla Banajamali, knew that her last name was difficult for people to spell, pronounce, and remember. And it took me years to even say it right. So Layla came to us and said, hey, I don't want to name my practice after myself. I want a name that attracts the type of the type of clients I want, people with startups, because I want to do all of the startup documents. So we came up with the name Bedrock, which she became Bedrock. And that's a name that attracted the customers she wanted, kind of a younger type of customer. And it said foundation, right? They, mm-hmm. Those are the foundation 
documents of any company. So that really worked for her. There's a consultancy. So, well, for- well, let me ask you real quick. So you're, but you're not getting too crazy in that type of environment. You're not, you know, this is not like the, the startup pa- her, She's not naming her packages like the, no, Zucker- the Zuckerberg no, package or whatever. No, but no, no. But, um, there's a medical, uh, like a pharma, Biotech, I think it's biotech consultancy. They're called Fresh Blood. Like that's a fantastic name. It, it names like that make people stand out, and I get it. People are scared, but look, people are people. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a little different, it's okay to to be be a little creative. Um, cool, people okay. notice things like that. Well, that's good. Yeah, I think from us, all of us in B two B, right? All three of us are. Um, it, yeah, it's. it's it's that fear factor that you mentioned at the beginning after I asked that. So yeah, I think that's, it's, we've got to overcome that, but there's still, sounds like there's still a little bit of balance. You've got to know your market, know your audience, right? Yeah. But look, Hey, look at, here, here's an example of how to be, here's an example we did for B2B. That's not crazy. Um, but it's very creative data analytics, snore, right? Like, <laughs> uh, really? I, some, <laughs> Somebody asked me the other day what the ideal client was, and I said, I'll tell you what the ideal client isn't. Data analytics, no more of those. Hard to, <laughs> hard to name, not really exciting. So data analytics companies, you know, not super exciting, super, super, you know, technical, you know, really expensive purchase, you know, long sales cycle. You're talking to highly educated people. So this company was named Cirrus, little U, big C, like Cirrus Cloud, all all the, all the data analytics companies had these cloud names, you know, <laughs> Cloud 360. There's In my book, mm-hmm. I have this whole thing about the cloud crowd. So the they had been operating under the radar. They got a new CEO. He said, I am embarrassed to give my business card to people. Oh, that's I a bad a sign. <laughs> right? Right? So he said, I want a name for a company. It cannot have the word cloud in it. We're like, no problem. So... We, you know, did our homework and we know that data analytics, it's all about looking for patterns, right? And what, and so we started looking at patterns and what's a diamond pattern? I don't know. Argyle. And Ah. what's, what it's about looking for diamonds in the data, right? So we named them Argyle because it was about looking for diamonds in the data. Argyle, really familiar word. For, pe- for their target audience, mainly men, um, not something that when you hear it, you can immediately picture the pattern in your head. It makes people smile when they get the diamonds and the data. And it's, it's very masculine sounding. It's, you know, people know, people, educated people who their target audience knows how to spell it. It's easy to pronounce. It had everything going for it. Awesome. So that's a name that's creative. It's not crazy. It's creative and it stands out and it sticks. Well, you've given us so many great examples and I'm sure our listeners will want to know more about this topic and where they can find you. So what's the best way for them to learn more about you? Eatmywords.com. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank Perfect. you so much. Uh, I sure learned a lot and I'm. I think I will be naming things hopefully better in the future. (laughs) But thank you so much for being here with us, Alexandra. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much. Take care. So Jeannie, I'm thinking we need a name change for the podcast. Oh, here we go. We've got to make it. I'm thinking (laughs) EDOC. 
Okay. First of all, that's terrible. But second of all, <laughs> why would you think that? It's code. It's code backwards. EDOC. Oh. It, it misrepresents completely what we are. It sounds like it's you know, an electronic document. I mean, I it think does. It, it, it would just completely blow out the scratch box, right? <laughs> I think Alexandra is crying listening to this now. <laughs> Hopefully she doesn't listen all the way to the end of her own interviews. <laughs> yes, I'm going to say we're going to be EDOC for now on. No more crack the customer code. What do you think? <laughs> I think that's... Uh, not so good, but hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you guys found us not just because of our name, Crack the Customer Code, but also because of our content. So as always, we are so happy you're here. We hope you got a lot out of this conversation. I sure did. And thank you so much for listening to Crack the Customer Code. As you know, we are a proud member of C-Suite Radio, so be sure to check out all of the business content at c-suiteradio.com and c-suitetv.com. Dot com, not not dot com. <laughs> you know, all the dot coms are taken, so maybe we need a dot com. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can learn more about me and our journey mapping programs, customer experience speaking, workshops, and training at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam Torkin. You can learn more about us, our keynote speaking, customer service workshops and training, CX strategic advisory at our customers that stick. And guess what? We did get it. <laughs> Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.